Thanks for tuning in to Health Talk by TriHealth, a monthly podcast to help you take charge of your own health care and live a healthier, happier life. I'm Tom Tumbush. If you're listening to my voice, a part of your inner ear known as the cochlea is stimulating the nerves in your head that recognize sound, even if you have to turn up the volume a little. But for a lot of people with hearing loss, the cochlea isn't doing its job. Unlike the body's other senses, however, devices known as cochlear implants enable many patients to overcome hearing loss. Here to tell us how is Dr. Brian Goiko, a tri-health otolaryngologist. He specializes in medical and surgical treatments for children and adults with ear, nose, and throat issues, and is particularly interested in some of the newest technologies for treating those areas. Also joining us in the studio today is Shanice McGrew, a 26-year-old nursing student who's had progressive hearing loss in both ears since childhood. In 2017, she lost the ability to benefit from hearing aids and became entirely dependent on reading lips to communicate. She received her first cochlear implant in March of 2018 and her second in December. Dr. Goiko, Shanice, welcome to Health Talk. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. All right. So, Dr. Goiko... We're talking today about cochlear implants. Could you tell our listeners what the difference is between these implants and, say, hearing aids? It's a great question. So when people have more mild degrees of hearing loss, hearing aids are a great option. What mm -hmm. they do is they amplify sound, usually in frequency-specific ways, in order to allow people to hear and understand sounds a little bit louder and usually a little bit better. When hearing loss becomes more severe, sometimes the ability to understand words, even when they're at a louder volume, starts to decrease. And when that happens, cochlear implantation is a very good option. What a cochlear implant does is it actually directly electrically stimulates the cochlea. Which what is, is that? That's uh, the hearing organ in the inner ear. So that is what actually takes sound vibrations and turns it into nerve impulses that allow us to hear. When the cochlea starts to get damaged and you start to have worsening hearing loss, sometimes the cochlea's ability to do that decreases. Mm -hmm. And when that occurs, then directly electrically stimulating it with an implant can sometimes allow for a much better hearing function. Now, what causes the cochlea to become damaged in that way? It varies. There are different reasons for different people. Sometimes it can be due to genetic or environmental factors. Sometimes it's due to the aging process. Mm -hmm. now, Shanice, do you know what it was that caused your progressive hearing loss? Um, the cause was, it's always been unknown. Mm -hmm. But it started when you were very young. Yes, I didn't notice until I was in the sixth grade. Okay. Were you more or less able to hear normally up until the time you started noticing that you had progressive hearing loss? I didn't really notice. My mom and my teacher noticed mm -hmm. because, like, I wasn't paying attention in school, and I started to fail. But, like, I knew things. But, like, but, but it wasn't so much that you weren't paying attention. It was that you couldn't hear. Correct. Mm-hmm. So before you had your implants, what types of sounds were difficult for you to hear as you started having that progressive loss? Um, majority, all sounds. Like I wasn't able to hear like water running or the ambulance, fire trucks going past. Mm -hmm. Just like the, the little sounds, I couldn't hear. So, Tell us a little bit more about how the implant works. You said electrical stimulation is part of the process, but uh, break it down for us a little bit more. Sure. So what we do, first of all, what the surgery involves, we make a small incision behind the ear. Mm -hmm. So it actually camouflages by the ear, so you really can't see it very well. You could 
contest to that. I can't see um, Shanice's at all. Yeah. And uh, then you drill into the bone behind the ear to identify an area in the middle ear called the round window, which is at the very base of the cochlea. Mm -hmm. And then you take a small uh, electrode and you put it through the round window into the cochlea. And what it does is it has 22 little electrodes along the length of it. And the, the way the cochlea is organized, not to get too technical, but it's tonotopic, which means different areas on the location of the cochlea stimulate different frequencies of sound. Kind of like your tongue, you know, different parts of your tongue respond to different flavors. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is the you place a processor on that attaches via magnet to the implant, mm -hmm. and then the implant stimulates those different areas along the length of the cochlea to stimulate different combinations of sound and allow people to start to recognize speech again. Okay. Now, the, the cochlea is sort of spiral-shaped. It looks kind of like a seashell. Um, do the, the, uh, the, the implant, does it sort of spiral around inside of that? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. And there's an internal portion of the implant, and then there's also an external portion. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And so you mentioned a magnet. Is that like on the outside for those two parts to connect? That's right. So there is a sound processor that connects via magnet uh, to the internal components that mm -hmm. then are what stimulate the cochlea. Okay. So how does the tonal range of the implant compare to what a person who doesn't have hearing loss can hear? Uh, it is more limited. Mm -hmm. So it's important when we're looking at cochlear implantation to realize that it is for people who have lost ability to understand speech and sound. Mm -hmm. And that is really when implantation becomes the best option. Native hearing is going to be much better at understanding things like music appreciation, going mm -hmm. to a symphony, going to a concert, those sorts of activities. However, when hearing loss becomes more impaired, people do start to reach a point where doing this electrical stimulation will allow them to understand and recognize speech again. So this technology can, can actually restore hearing to someone who's almost completely lost their native hearing. Is that right? It does. And it's it's actually really exciting to see, and you could probably attest to this, where sometimes people will say, you know, I couldn't really participate in conversations around the family table or around the holidays. And now I can understand speech and I can understand what people are saying over the noise of background conversations and sounds. And people are able to really re-engage in a lot of areas of their lives they weren't able to do before. Shanice is nodding her head vigorously <laughs> over here. Um, tell us, Shanice, what led you to look into cochlear implants? Um, okay. Um, I was wearing the hearing aids, but it's just made sound louder mm -hmm. but I was never understanding what was being said so I was missing out on conversations I couldn't talk on the phone mm -hmm. at all period um as far as like conversations face to face I always did the huh what yeah. so um so what led me to the cultural implants was that one day I went to the doctor and I was telling them that the, the hearing aids wasn't helping me at all. Mm -hmm. I thought that I would never, never even be able to like engage in conversations again. Yeah. Um. And then the audiologist told me that to look into cultural implants, but I was told that I wouldn't be able to afford them. Mm -hmm. So um, I switched over to TriHealth, and they got me going right away. Did someone at TriHealth um, work with the insurance company to help you get coverage? Yes. Excellent. So 
Has this been a life-changing experience for you? I, now, you're relatively new to your second implant. Yes. Um, and that one was just turned on, what, earlier this month, is that right? Uh, two weeks ago. Okay. What's it like having both of them operating now? Mm-hmm. I got to do the oral rehab to get the new implant mm-hmm. working the correct way, but I love it so far. Um, in school, it's helping me out a lot already. Good. When I had the surgery, I couldn't hear in the new ear, in the right ear mm-hmm. at all. So I was just using my left implant. I was right. just hearing out of that ear. So you, when I got turned on, everything was coming back to normal. Right, because you, you you were working with one implant since uh, March of last year, if I remember correctly. Um, based on what I know of your background, uh, it sounds like you do the surgery and then the implant itself doesn't get switched on until sometime later. How long does the patient typically have to wait before you're able to turn it on? It's usually about one month, and that's to allow the site to heal and mm-hmm. allow everything, the, the body to basically heal itself so that then we can start using the implant. And I think uh, that you brought up a great point, which is that once you start to turn the implant on, you still need to work to learn to use the implant. And that does take time and uh, a lot of dedication, but you've done fabulously with the implant from last year. And so I'm almost certain that the other one is going to do just as well. And it's just a process of, I guess the best way to describe it is it's sort of like learning to hear uh, Donald Duck speak. Mm -hmm. So the sound is a little bit abnormal and it, you listen to Donald Duck and you can understand what he's saying if you spend enough time listening to him, but you have to learn and train yourself to do that. So what have you been able to do with the uh, the implants that you couldn't do before? Or just, you know, has it affected your life in other ways? It affected my life in a big way because, like I said, I wasn't, I was in school before, but I had stopped going to school because I couldn't. You know what I'm saying? Hearing my teacher, I hear her, but I don't understand you what don't she's understand saying. You don't understand what she's saying. Yeah. Yes. So, and I always went to go to school for nursing, but my hearing stopped me because people's lives are in my hands. So if I can't hear what my patient is saying and I can't talk to doctors on the phone, then I can't do that. Sure. So once I got my implant, I noticed the big difference. And I was able to go through with my dream. Mm-hmm. Have there been any kinds of sounds that have been sort of new or unexpected for you? Um, driving, hearing the ambulance go past or in back of me. Mm-hmm. At first, I couldn't hear it at all. I'd be driving and the cars would be stopping and fire truck would just go around me. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't <laughs> know they were behind me. Or the water running. Mm-hmm. I can hear the heat coming out the vent. Um let me see, writing on paper, mm-hmm. just a little bitty sound. I was writing on the chalkboard, conversations down the hall. Mm-hmm. So. What's it like to listen to music with the implants? Um, I love music, but like, as my hearing decreased, like, I'm more of a, let me see, I like the old music because that's when I was able to hear better. Mm-hmm. So I knew the words to the songs. But as my hearing decreased, I stopped listening to music because I couldn't understand what was being said in a song. Mm-hmm. So now I love listening to music and catching up, trying to learn different songs. Nice. 
So how does someone with hearing loss know if they're a good candidate for cochlear implants? Because these don't necessarily work for everybody. That's a great question. Uh, sort of a complicated answer, technically speaking. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you have hearing aids and you find that despite really trying to reprogram them diligently, working closely with your audiologist, you're still not understanding sound and speech, that's when it's probably worth doing some additional testing to find out if you're a candidate. The additional testing is done in a sound booth similar to the way a basic hearing test is done, but they do some more complicated tests looking at hearing over background noise and sentence understanding that help to determine if you would benefit from a cochlear implant. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that patients need to have hearing loss in both ears to qualify for cochlear implants. Is that right? That is correct based on current FDA approval. And why is that? That's the way they did the studies when they applied for FDA approval. There is some data um, that's newer for single-sided deafness about cochlear implantation, but it's an off-label use. Mm -hmm. So I understand, Shanice, that you're using your iPhone to improve your hearing experience. Can you tell us a little about how that works? Yeah, I listen to the podcast an hour and a half a day, um, and it teaches me how to hear with the implant, mm -hmm. like basic words and learning. Do you do you listen with headphones or do you have like uh, Bluetooth in the implants? I have Bluetooth from my implant to my phone. So that's where I talk on, I talk on the phone a lot mm -hmm. and um, it goes straight into my implants. No one else can hear it. So I don't have to hold my phone up to my ear. That's handy. You don't have that big Pop-Tart up next to your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you listen to uh, Health Talk by TriHealth? <laughs> so, what other uh, capabilities does the iPhone link have with the implants, Dr. G? You can control the settings on the implant through the phone, which is very nice. Uh, and very and, discreet, too. Mm -hmm. And it's talking on the phone was something that traditionally was hard for people with hearing aids or implants. And the Bluetooth technology has really made that nice because it just streams directly through for both hearing aids and cochlear implants now. And before you could imagine trying to hold a phone next to a hearing aid in order to talk, mm -hmm. it was not ideal and very difficult to do. And so the Bluetooth capabilities are great. And I think you're now getting a Bluetooth stethoscope as well. Yes. Now what would she use that for? For her patients, so she oh, can then have yeah, the your nursing chest sounds right. go directly to the... So the, the Bluetooth capabilities of some of these things uh, have really exponentially grown within the past few years, which is very nice, very exciting. Excellent. How was your experience with TriHealth getting the implants? It's very wonderful because, as I said before, I was having diff difficulties Getting the implants, it took me several months until I just decided, hey, I'm going to call another, you know what I'm saying, audiologist and see if they can help me. And as soon as I did that, it was right on from there. So if uh, someone else that you knew was thinking about getting a cochlear implant, what advice would you give them? Go for it. It changed my life tremendously. Um my mom lives out of town, mm -hmm. and our conversation was over the phone, and I never really talked to her because I couldn't hear through the phone. Now we have a, a wonderful relationship. Uh, we talk every day on the phone. Um, me and my friends, I can hold conversations. I can go places now. So the cultural implants helped me a lot. 
glad to hear how well you're doing with talking to your mom on the phone. And yeah, that's great. That's the kind of stuff that really excites me about doing this kind of surgery. I, I, that really means a lot to me to hear you say that. It's the one thing with like being able to hear conversations, but like being able to talk on the phone was like really, really, really one of the worst things for me. Like so. Me being able to talk on the phone with my friends, like I couldn't even do FaceTime. I couldn't hear, so I didn't really talk on the phone. I just text all the time. Like handling business, I had to go in person. Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk over the phone or somebody else had to talk for me. And I know that the implants are improving all the time as the technology is, is getting better. Are there any exciting developments on the horizon that you're aware of? One thing that I think is starting to starting to occur and it's still in a lot of places in the research phases but mri compatibility so traditionally a lot of cochlear implants were not compatible with mri scanners and we're seeing more and more ways that you can get mris when you have a cochlear implant so how does that benefit a patient if they needed a diagnostic mri for any situation uh, so if you get a cochlear implant, but then down the road, you have some concerning headaches or some other sort of symptom that might require an MRI scan, traditionally, you couldn't do that with the implant. And then you could do it, but you had to take the magnet out, which is a small surgical procedure. And now with splinting techniques, you can do MRI scans with the implant in. And I think the next generation we're seeing is implants that don't even need the magnet taken out, where you can do an MRI scan while the plan is there. Well, I really appreciate you both taking the time to be with me on the program. Thanks for joining us on Health Talk today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Talk by TriHealth, where leading local care professionals help you to stay up to date on proactive health care strategies and to live a healthier lifestyle. New episodes of Health Talk by TriHealth are released on the first Tuesday of every month. I hope you'll join us next time. You can listen to Health Talk online at trihealth.com. Or search for Health Talk by TriHealth on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, or your favorite podcast source. This is Tom Tumbush. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It should not be relied upon to make a diagnosis or for treatment purposes. And this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. Please consult your healthcare provider or contact TriHealth to make an appointment if medical attention is needed. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals interviewed and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of TriHealth or any of its affiliates. This podcast is the copyrighted work of TriHealth, which owns the exclusive rights thereto. Unauthorized use, copying, and dissemination are illegal. Copyright 2019 TriHealth. All rights reserved.